welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Well, welcome, everybody. We are super excited to have multi-instrumentalist and songwriter Marlon Cherry with us on the show to talk about his new album. It's called Fever Dreaming in Lo-Fi, and it is out now. And go get it. Go. Oh, you can do Spotify and all that. Amazon, iTunes, Bandcamp here now. And go get the album itself, even through CD Baby. They're still doing them, right? Welcome, yeah, Marlon. How still... are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, good. Nancy and I have been enjoying listening to the album because it is a trip. Like, it kind of reminds me of kind of going through a fever where you go through all these different. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, if you go through a really good fever and that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, I know there, what you it mean. It has its highs and lows. There's like some yeah. parts of it is like, hey, man, I'm kind of tripping. yes yeah i can relate to that personally indeed (laughs) yeah so it's you know fevers are bad and it's like no i don't have to go to work today oh that's not so bad (laughs) yeah yeah let's let's see where this takes us but there it is weird because you go outside your body in a weird way and so yeah yeah i think your album title is perfect oh thank you (laughs) <laughs> I really do. And and I enjoyed it because you've got sounds, Nancy and I were both talking about that you have sounds in there that are um nostalgic and at the same time push us forward and you like you don't know where you're gonna go. And I love that. Yeah, well I didn't know where I was going as I was making it and <laughs> things a lot of that stuff just kind of fell into place. Uh there was no actual you know, there was really no set plan for any of the songs to be um to have a certain sound it was just the structures of the songs and i knew instruments that i wanted on it um but zach phillips who did the engineering he came up with a lot of ideas as we were recording and i just let him go with it and we were just having such a good time because most of the time it was just he and i in the studio so i mean we did a lot of pl- just playing around and and just having fun with it and it was kind of like two kids in a candy shop kind of thing that's fun tell us a little bit about what's prompted the album or is it just like started with one song like you're saying it's like you didn't have like a concept going in but it kind of merged into one right yeah, well, well, Zach's studio um, in Brooklyn, uh, he was about to dismantle it and he was trying to record as much stuff as he possibly could before he took it down. Oh. And he offered me the opportunity to come in and do some recording uh, and I gladly accepted. Um, and uh, that was pretty much how it all came about. I really didn't have any plans of making a record until he asked if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well, now's a good time. Let's get it yeah. get it on. Yeah. And have a fever about it. There are some lyrics in your music. And I think 
Desire. Oh my God, that I, I love that song. Um, yeah, that song was actually written by Susan Wong, who also sings on that. Um, she has um, a thing called the Bushwick Book Club, and there are several chapters um, here, New Orleans, um, San Francisco, Seattle, and even Malmo, Sweden. I think, and there's another chapter in London as well. But um, basically, a bunch of songwriters read a book. Uh, and they write a song about something about the book, whether it's a chapter or um, even just a line in the book. But basically, that song was based on Streetcar Named Desire. So, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. the lyrics that she's singing in there is all about Blanche. <laughs> wow! But yeah, that's well, her got- song, and I thought it was amazing. I I always loved her version of it, and I asked her if I could do a version of it for this. And when she said yes, I was like, well, why don't you also sing on it? Because you know that was just it just rounded everything out. Well, some of the lyrics I was I was noting some of them down. Uh, really, uh, they're just so. I think. We need to, it kind of gets us back to our roots, right? And, and just talking about creativity at the one is creative spirit at the heart of our community and, and magic is, is transformation. Like that's, I'm, those are just kind of half written notes from Lisa that yeah. everybody, you have to listen to the music to get the full effect. Um, yeah. because this is just my handwriting and my handwriting sucks, but yeah, it got the creative you. spirit being at the heart of a community is. God, don't we kind of need that now to move forward on the way the world is? Like, that's yeah. what got me. Yeah, so well, much. that that actually, um, that song, Secret City, um, that's an organization that I belong to called The Secret City. Um, those lyrics uh, came from Chris Wells, who is one of the founders yeah. of The Secret City. And um, it's part of um, a thing that, the um, audience recites along with Chris uh, at the beginning of each of the um, performances or, or gatherings that we have. Uh, we haven't done one in a while, but yeah, the secret city is based up in Woodstock at this time. And uh, you know, at one time it was like uh, an every Sunday uh, gathering that was formed the way a church service would be formed. Uh, but the whole thing was about worshiping art. There was no politics. Oh there was no religion. So it was, you know, all I sorts did. of artists, um, musicians, visual artists, poets, uh, filmographers. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be doing more stuff um, with the Secret City um, at the, probably starting in the spring of next year when uh, Chris is back in Woodstock. Um, but you can look up the Secret City online uh, on Facebook and, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what that whole thing is all about. But it's a very sincere um, it's it's just a very sincere thing coming from Chris, uh, because that's basically what he's all about. And the people in the organization and the people who come to the Secret City services and events um, it is a community without a doubt. And it feels it's the first community thing that um, that has felt, you know, communal to me since I moved to New York. I want in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I don't know about me driving in New York City. I know we travel full time. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'll go. I'll go to Woodstock, though. You know? Yeah. There, There is also there is also an L.A. chapter. They do have an L.A. chapter of the Secret City because Chris is originally from either. California. 
I think it's kind of hard to drive there around this time now. What happened out there with the with that fire? Yeah. Oh man! Well, yeah, right now, right? It's it's kind of crazy what's going. Yeah, I know. We're supposed to actually drive through there, going to Oregon, but I think we're going to be. Please don't make me go through snow in the mountains, but you know it's going to happen. But this this um, I love this because I I really think actual communities need to incorporate creativity as we move forward in the world, and so. That's what I really love about the album is like those elements of surprise. And then all of a sudden there's like these lyrics that are just like, whoa. And then it's like, hello. Yeah, you do feel like that feverish part. But the fever is like, you know, when you reach a peak of a fever, like, you know, you're you're transcending in a weird way. Yeah, I don't know absolutely. how to explain it. And there's this moment of like, what, where are we going? We don't know because we're kind of out of control, but you are in for the ride. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting how your album came to be. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm packaging it into a a little bit of a fever dreaming. And we do dream in our fevers. We do. It is. I know I have. (laughs) I dream all the time. And I don't think I should ever tell people what I dream about. (laughs) 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 But but, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's very interesting how you have all these people together, yet you're playing the majority of the instruments, right? Uh, yeah, I played all the instruments except for um, the acoustic guitar uh, and air who on um, um, Blessings, which was done by Terry Roach of the Roaches. And um, she also um, co-wrote that song with me and did vocals on it as well. Uh, but I did have Susan Wong um singing on one song or actually on two songs but you know she does like a lead vocal on desire and she does some backing vocals on sleep talking along with uh christina snyder wow and the air who that's something you don't hear about the only musician i know that we've interviewed is uh shiswan uh yang i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it correctly now i know i'm messing it up but um well, I know I personally know Fei-Fei Yang, who also is an amazing Air Who player, um, and she was actually Terry's Air Who teacher. Um, and and Terry, you know, she gets a kick out of doing all sorts of stuff, you know, that is just totally unexpected. In fact, when she did the recording session, she was suffering from vertigo. Oh, so that talk goes about a into fever. the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And wow. that's why uh, the on the credits, it's listed as Terry Roach Vertigo Acoustic Guitar. <laughs> oh, no way. That's hysterical. Because that yeah. is trippy, man. Vertigo is yeah. fun. I have it driving mountain passes. And okay. <laughs> yeah. And I have to do it all the time. And then I go, oh, God, put, put Bob Marley in. It's the only way I get through it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember that. I'll tell Terry that for sure. <laughs> Bob Marley is the best. He does. Because it's like a balance song. It's like kind of, I don't know. Oh, I don't. Bob Marley kind of takes you to your chi- your inner child of yeah, when you were absolutely. happy, cool you know, cool kid and, and that it's all good. It's all going to be all right. You know, everything's yeah, going to be all right. And so it's, it really works well, but this is a trip that you're doing this album. And so this is your fifth solo album. Tell us a little bit about your background of getting into music and what is your prime instrument with all these instruments that you play? Uh, well, I grew up in North Carolina in Charlotte. 
Um, And I started playing um, in my cousin's band when I was like 13 years old, uh, playing bass guitar. And we were doing bands. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and we literally did rehearse in a garage, but um, you know, we were doing mostly R and B and funk covers at that time. Um, And as I got older, started branching out, eventually I met Billy and we started playing together. And that's when I got into playing like the classic rock and the jazz fusion stuff. Um, I moved to New York in 87 and I had done um, a solo EP while I was still living in Charlotte. Then I um, got to New York. A few years later, I recorded an album uh, called The Pete Album. Uh, so um, things just kind of like progressed from there. I started meeting, you know, New York musicians because I didn't know a single person in New York when I moved here. But I started meeting all these amazing musicians and they were very welcoming and, you know, really supportive. Of, and, you know, everything just kind of like blossomed from there. Um, but I, I've always had, you know, a, an interest in playing various instruments and, and creating various sounds. So I don't, I can't say that I actually have a main instrument. I, I do get most of my work as a percussionist. Um, in fact, I actually play music for various dance classes around the city. Mm. Um, right now I'm playing at Barnard College and, uh, one of the open schools here in Manhattan called Steps on Broadway. So, you know, I accompany a lot of modern dance classes, and that is mostly percussion with a little bit of piano. You can hear that in in the album, and then I'm intrigued by your. I have to go back in your, you know, your uh, portfolio here and go back to your other albums now. Now that I know about you, and um, thank you, Billy from Glass Onion PR. Like, just have to give him a shout out because he. Oh, rocks. absolutely. Um, um, but you have an album, Ancient Sound, Modern Dance. I'm going to have to go get that because, honestly, when we listen to it, it's like this is your your album is a trip. Like, yeah. seriously, which is cool. We're always seeking a trip, right? Aren't we all wanting oh, to I go am. on a journey and experience? <laughs> I'm always. That's what we're always chasing, that trip, right? Yeah. Everybody's just tuning in. Sorry, but it's fun. <laughs> but um, when, when I'm listening to the there's all kinds of there's dialogue there's you know obviously the lyrics and then there's some that isn't and it feels very much like a play and i'm looking at the way the world of music is going and i'm thinking that a lot of it is almost going towards yes there's concerts and you know taylor swifty things happening around the world but Mm -hmm. i almost feel like some music like what you're producing could be a stage play and that's the first thing I thought when I started listening to your music, that this is like a small, intimate theater stage play with dance. And wow. Because you you have textures that you can't, you can't just listen to it once you have to go back. Because I listened to it when I first got it, and then I was like, Billy, where is it? <laughs> you know, I got to hear it again. And so there's textures, which dance does a good, it, it's a good modem of storytelling and helping getting the music across the visual aspect because humans oh, aspect, need the absolutely too, right and so then at the same time i feel like there's a painting thing involved and that may be because nancy nancy is an artist and a painter so maybe i'm feeling that too but i feel like there's like a painting thing and there's movement there's movement with your music where 
yeah, there's obviously mu- movement with music, right? We always immediately think dance and everything and mm-hmm. mu- movement with music and, you know, musicians and all of that. But I feel like this could be like a play, like a one-off play. And I'm seeing that with certain musicians lately that this could be like an actual stage play performance of some some sort. And I feel that with this, where there should be art and there should be dance. I don't know yeah. how to explain that, but I feel that listening to it. What do you think? Well, thanks so much. Well, I, you know, I'm absolutely an avid art lover and, you know, having the opportunity to live in New York City, I'm, you know, consumed by dance, film. Uh, there's tons of museums to go see great artworks and, and smaller museums to go see abstract and, and, sort of lesser known artists. It is just a little bit of everything going on here. So I've had the opportunity to work with dancers. I've had the opportunity to work, uh, do music for film, uh, theater. And I've actually done a lot of um, accompanying poets as well. So, and that's how Sophie Malloret ended up doing her mm-hmm. thing at the end of the album, because I had been working with her. Um, oh, yeah. And I've, yeah, and and I've also done a lot of stuff with um, John S. Hall from King Missile. I don't know if you're familiar with them, um, but they were um, in heavy rotation at one time on MTV with a song called "Detachable Penis." Um, but but I just um, got a Christmas ornament spoof thing on that. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but John, you know, he's an amazing poet, and you know um, Bob Holman. I've had an opportunity to work with who has a place here called the Bowery Poetry Club. Um, but yeah, there's just so many um, great forms of art and great artists here in the city. It, it's kind of overwhelming, and so you know, it, it does consume me a lot, and a lot of my music is definitely influenced by all of it. Yeah, I think you have texture, and I think that's what it is that got me, like, immediately. Like, you have layers and textures, and and I you it comes off as art. Yeah, that would be that's, the word. that's my intent, definitely. Mm. Oh, well, then we, we got it. You got it. We got it. Yeah. We love it. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Mission no, accomplished. I mean, no, no. I mean, that's the thing. It wasn't like, okay, now, now what? And it's moving into another zone. We're like, ooh, what's this? You know? And and the very end, the guitar work. Who was doing the guitar work at the very end? That's me also. Damn, dude. Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously. That that's some that's some badass guitar work. So wow. <laughs> like Nancy and I were sitting there like, whoa, it went for this, and then all of a sudden, like, here I am. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. Um, yeah. That is so cool. This is exciting. Thank you. So, now, are you going to wait? Like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying the last album was 2006. So, right. What? Um, well, you yeah. know, I, I don't have I don't have anything mapped out. Um, I'm working on projects with um, three other people at this time that I'm heavily involved with. And one of them is actually, as you mentioned before, a stage play. Um, I'm working with this woman, Esther Ballant, who is mostly known as an actress um she was the lead in jim jarmusch's stranger than paradise and she's done a bunch of other films she did a, a film called the linguini incident with uh roseanne arquette and and david bowie mm-hmm. which is off the charts hilarious you can find the whole yeah. thing on youtube it's it's really funny um but she through her connection 
um, with doing the Jarmish films, um, she was connected with um, John Lurie and a lot of the other New York downtown avant-garde music scene. And um, she put together a thing that's basically a musical memoir called I Hate Memory, uh, and, which is about her migrating here from Hungary with her father as a young child and growing up wow. during the heyday of New York City's um, downtown punk scene with CBGBs and Oh, wow. uh, Mac is Kansas City and all, all that kind of yeah. stuff going on. So we're telling that story in a musical sense as well. And um, I'm also working on a project called Baba Bibi, which is um, the brainchild of Stu Stewart, uh, whose group Stu and the Negro Problem actually won a Tony in 2008 for their musical Passing Strange. Uh, so I'm I'm doing that project, and I have another project in the works with this amazing, well, two amazing guitarists, uh, Chris Cochran and mm. Sulin Hago, uh, which is um, probably going to see some studio time early next year. Um, we're going to try to put out uh, like an EP, I think. That's exciting, man. It seems that you don't really have any caps to creativity, and I think... That's important, as we were talking about earlier, about the, you know, creative spirit at the heart of our community, right? Yeah. Um, so what would you say about someone getting into the creative world now when it's so weird with AI and, you know, overdubs and just it's it's getting to a point of where do we bring out the reality? Like, yet. Well, I, I think the reality is. Yeah, the reality will be brought out um, by the human creative spirit. Um, just, you know, it's not just about the technology. You have to put something into the technology. You know, um, I remember seeing an interview with Jeff Beck where she where he said his mother told him not to listen to Les Paul because Les Paul's using tricks. And and Beck got all excited. He's like, oh, tricks, that's for me, you know, but. Obviously, technology advances, you know, from generation to generation. And it's just basically how it's applied um, that really makes the difference. You know, you, can, you can't, um, you know, technology doesn't have a soul in and of itself. So you have to put the soul into it. Uh, well, everybody so it, thinks it's the devil, right? You know, it's kind yeah, of yeah. Well, I understand. I understand that completely. Um, I I understand that you can always take the easy way out, and you know, not apply any creativity, or maybe not even actually have to have, you know, technically proficient talent. But at the same time, um, you know, th there's always going to be advances in technology. So I wonder, you know. I wonder if musicians and artists and writers, people are going to start like screwing up things just out as like a cameo, right? Like you yeah. have cam, you know, like what's his name from Sherlock Holmes always had a cameo. Like I feel like God, I can't remember his name. Who wrote Sherlock Holmes? What's oh I, now it's Conan Doyle. Yes, thank you. He always had a yeah. cameo, right? And I almost feel like. There's going to be a floating um, screw up in things like a bad note somewhere or something yeah. like that. And as we move forward in this world, just to say, yeah, this is real versus the technology stuff. Yeah, you know well, I mean? see, that that's the thing, like in in, you know, times before this 
amazing technology was available, some of those mistakes that ended up on albums were the things that made them, you know, special. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, where Miles Davis, yeah. you know, telling his crew, like, if you don't know what you're playing, don't play at all. But if you're going to play a wrong note, play it wrong and strong. You know, because it's all going on the <laughs> yeah. record. He he was telling if you're if bombing, you, go go big. Yeah, it's home. it's it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be on the record. Whatever you play is going down. So uh, you know, a lot of those I I hear mistakes on classic albums all the time, from you know the Stones to Dylan to mm-hmm. you know a lot of the soul records. Lou Rawls, you know, um, uh-huh. you know, great great singer. But um, there's one note that he can't quite hit on that great song, You're Gonna Miss My Lovin'. And I I listen for that every time because that's the thing that, you know, I love that. He just like, he's barely off because he's trying so hard to get it. And they kept it. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that I, I have one recording out there, right? From like ancient times of my life of in, in the music world. And we went to do a recording of one of my originals and it was like, everybody go and this is your one shot. Do it. Or go yeah. home. And I changed my whole song to be simple for everybody to do. My mom mm-hmm. went nuts. Nancy went absolutely like that. <laughs> you don't do that. You do not dumb down your music. And I, well, I just did. And, and I was scared. I didn't understand how a recording studio worked or anything. And I was scared and I had to play guitar, which sucks because I mm-hmm. suck. I can sing. I can absolutely mm-hmm. sing. I can write songs yeah. in my way. Not with all the, I can't put the music from my head there, but I can sing it, right? Gotcha. And, gotcha. But so now doing the guitar and like, at least the band is my friend and everything, you know, and it came yeah. out. It was, all, it's, it's all right, but there's this part and I'm like, damn it, Lisa. And everyone's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And <laughs> I, 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 I sent it to music friends. I'm like, well, we want to hear it. And I'm like, here, it's nice. yeah. No, nah, but you it. know, I, I you really think, I mean? uh, yeah, I know what you <laughs> mean. I, I, one, I think that one part, you know, yeah, exactly. But that, that's the, um, I think that's the thing with, um, the temptation with this technology is to try to make everything perfect. And obviously the world is not perfect. And sometimes the imperfections are the things that are the most endearing and, about and any. Honestly, like that yeah. was like a good memory anyway. It was just like yeah. a fun memory of friends and doing stuff and whatever. But, and that's the thing. I think we have to keep our humanity about us, but we're always chasing perfection in the arts too. And it's like, yeah. Um, so for someone getting started, how, how, where do, where did they draw that line? Like getting started, going, well, out I, into you know, that's, world. that's something that's up to the individual. It's it, mm. whatever your goal is, whatever your aim is. It's like, you know, I'm making music mostly for myself, but, um, I've been doing it for long enough and I've been able to make a living at it long enough. So, so I know that. I can create something that other people will appreciate um, and enjoy, but um, it really comes down to what is your individual goal. Obviously, if you want to be the next Taylor Swift, you're not going to follow my lead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. But, um, you know, if you're really trying to, you know, do something as an individual, as, you know, um, a free thinking, creative individual, and have your own voice, 
uh, mm-hmm. that's a totally different ball game. And, you know, that's the ball game that I tend to play <laughs> mostly. Mm-hmm. But with this album, with Fever Dreaming and Lo-Fi, I love that you put in Lo-Fi because it adds this grit to the the dreaming. Because dreaming is, yeah. you know, people think always la la la. It, dreaming yeah. can give you the night sweats, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. Yes, Even without the fever. <laughs> yeah, I'm at that age. We get hot at night. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying. But the grit. The yeah, grit well, part. the the lo-fi in the title actually came from the fact that um, in Zach's studio we recorded direct to um, eight track tape. There, there was oh, no. That's why. You know, yeah, that's yeah, and I I knew that it was going to not have that super glossy, you know, digital thing going on. Hey. Yeah, and um, I I was like, well. If I put lo-fi in the album title, it's kind of like giving people a heads up, on, you know, a warning. Like, this is basically. good. <laughs> this is some good shit. Go and listen to it now. I mean, honestly, great. No, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like Fever Dream is like, all right, you're going to go up and down. We know we're going to float. We're going to go up and down. Yeah. But the lo-fi, yeah. I was like, oh, that was as soon as I saw that, I was like, I want the lo-fi. I just yeah. that. It's like, you know. Here in Louisiana, you can go through drive through daiquiris. If you get a lo-fi, <laughs> that's what you're gonna choose, right? So that's what I was like. I choose that, you know, because I want to be down home, cool. You know, I don't want any, you know. But there is this weird thing now. It, it, we technology is such an amazing tool. There, it really is awesome. But I find yeah. things are overly crisp and so tinny. And yeah, perfect. and super Maybe compressed. It's my ears. Yeah, yeah, it's like God. I don't want that. It's like classic rock had this bass and this this um imperfect. You know, we, we were talking about earlier, but yeah, um, how do we balance that out? So yeah, you recorded. Yeah, went on to analog. That that's the way, and that's yeah. rare. So that's a rare moment, right? So next time you record, that might not e- exist. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like I said, I I have no nothing mapped out for um, future solo stuff, but I do have a, a few songs that I would like to record um, as soon as possible. I just don't know how soon it will be possible for me to do it. Yeah, but I just I just hope you get to keep that same quality because it's it's good. It's really yeah. good. So yeah, I, I hope yeah. you get to. It's hard. It's hard with the, all the changes, right, in in the world. But oh, absolutely, absolutely. World. But playing live now, are you able to do that and take this out? Well, I, I have no plans of like putting a band together or anything. Um, partially because I'm just so busy with all of these other projects yeah. that I'm well, working yeah, on. It's, it's um, like you, yeah. But mostly, <laughs> you know, New York is one of those places where. You know, there's a million great musicians, but they're all playing on, you know, 15 or 16 different projects at the same time, you know, kind of like me. And I noticed that the people that are organizing the situations that I'm in, I look and see what they have to go through just to schedule a rehearsal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, can we, you know, this person can't make it that day, but this person can make it that day. And this, and it just goes back and forth. And I, you know, I can see the frustration um from them alone and it's like no i'm not gonna put myself through that Mm-mm. oh that's heavy man that's heavy yeah well i'm, I'm yeah. glad that you're involved in performances too and in and the poetry thing reminds me of 
like poetry slams. We used to do run poetry slams back in mm-hmm. San Diego years ago, back in music days too. And mm-hmm. it, it was like, it, I think it started in Chicago poetry slams mm-hmm. and it was like an, it was like, yay, a newfound art. No, it's not new. And getting that <laughs> kind of performance there. So you, you seem to have that balance with, you know what I mean? There's like poetry and music. You can put it together. And yeah. Some of yeah. it shouldn't be. And some is a song, right? Exactly. Yeah. A song and sometimes you can do poetry and some beats behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's sort of like the stereotypical, you know, or the stereotype um, when people think of um, music and poetry is like the beat poet, you know, sort of like the Maynard G. Krebs beatnik, you know, with the guy with the bongos in the background while some guy reads some <laughs> whack stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, the the relationship between poetry and music goes way, way back, um, you know, to before any of us were born so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no, it's, it's cool. something that has always like you know i just always connected to and it didn't seem like it was anything unusual to me ever mm-hmm. well i hope you do some videos honestly with this uh actually i have i have um a video in mind that i want to do for the song blessings and i um, actually started um kind of like mapping it out um, a couple of weeks ago, I'm waiting for a friend of mine who I'm hoping will just basically take it and run with it. Um, she's coming back to the States on the 30th and we're going to start, you know, game planning on that. But yeah, that I definitely want to do a video for that song in particular. And, um, I think I found the perfect person to do it. So I'm hoping perfect. to do that as soon as possible. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Marlon, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and a real pleasure also listening. No, it's been great speaking with you as well. I'm wishing you safe travels down there with what you're going through, (laughs) through the great state of Louisiana. (laughs) Louisiana, from Louisiana, we go to Texas, to Oregon, and uh, back to North Carolina. uh, Wow. Georgia. I know. Yeah. What part of North Carolina? Actually, we are doing a lot in Durham and Asheville. It, it oh, seems fantastic. to suck this. They say that Asheville is a vortex of crystal or something. And it's I don't beautiful know what down happened, there. But yeah, it's back. Yeah, Asheville has a magical feeling about it. I, you know, when I would ever get to visit there uh, while I was living in North Carolina, it just always felt enchanted for some reason. Uh, and Durham is actually the last time I was in Durham. Um, I was doing a show at Duke University um, oh. in 2018 with Stu and the Negro Problem. So uh, that's the last time I've been to Durham. But it was really nice to be back down there for that little time that I was there. Yeah, you know, that area is so beautiful. And I love North Carolina because it kind of does in a weird way. The Carolinas and Louisiana have this diversity of, um, can, I don't know, just as like live and let live, you know? Yeah. Everybody kind of, and, and there's some negative things, obviously, just like every state and every place yeah. in the world has, and a lot of positive, but it just feels so like more relaxed in, yeah. in this country. And, um, so I don't know. We keep going back. We've been to Charlotte. We've done Charlotte and, um, uh, Burnsville outside of Asheville seems to be, mm-hmm. but we just keep, it just keeps happening that we keep going back. It just yeah. keeps happening. It's now, I've always, 
Yeah, I've always loved that little triangle area with Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh, you know, where mm-hmm. the, the three schools are eight miles apart from each other. And, you know, the, when I was down there in the 80s, everything was pretty much revolving around that area, at, as well as Winston-Salem, uh, where Mitch Easter was with his studio um, when he was when he first started working with REM. And I got an opportunity to Ooh. work um, in a band um, that recorded with him, and that was amazing as well. Great. But yeah, I, I've always loved that area for some reason. I you know. I'm, I'm threatening to do like a southern music show, like over the years. Like I don't know if you know Joey Stuckey. I met him through Billy too, and um, mm-hmm. he he's the music ambassador of Macon, Georgia, and Macon is yeah. like insane. And then I start going, well, we've got this musician, we got all this music history of the South, right? Yeah. And if you go like South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, uh, Georgia, like yeah. Alabama, holy cow, yeah. have we got this? Yeah. And North Carolina, I was talking um, with John, John Dawson, and he um, was talking about how in North Carolina, a lot of people thought this is the sound you, you're going to be doing, like, you know, picking music and stuff like, you know, Appalachian. Yeah. Picking yeah. and grinning music, and there's yeah. more, and and I yeah, there's more. But the picking and grinning music is great too. You know, I, I mean, agree. Arthur Smith's studio uh, was in Charlotte when I was growing up there, and I got a chance very early on to you know do some recording in Arthur Smith's studio, and I'm like, holy crap, man, this is the real stuff going the on real here. Deal. But yeah, no, nah, could be. Yeah, I mean, I I love country and bluegrass music as well, so. Um, it would, it was unavoidable living down there and, and not to be affected by it. So I, I recently started, uh, learning banjo. So, oh, <laughs> so, no way, but so hey, hopefully hey, on the hey, next, hey. yeah, on the next record, there will be banjo. I promise. Oh, I hope so. hey, listen, that's, that comes from the mothership of Africa, man. You, know, you got it. A big, the banjo is a big deal. And that's what, like, I want to tell people, it's like, okay, really get into the history of music. It's like super crazy, cool. It tells the story of the cultures, you know, and, and yeah. I, I grew up in Africa. So like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, there are different tribes have like different forms of banjo. Like, right, it's not exactly. Like what you, what you see today here in the state. Well, I'm thinking way back when, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's different versions and it's just the simplistic music. But with a whole bunch yeah, of soul. Yeah, exactly. Soul yeah, I've seen the, the um, I've seen the uh, Bella Fleck documentary, mm. um, "Lay Down Your Heart." If you have you I seen that? No. Oh, you could, you should. Ch- Bella Fleck goes to Africa oh, and plays. Oh, so he wow. he he traces back the history of the banjo to Africa, and he gets to play with all these amazing African musicians. And every it's just like you got if you like the banjo. You got to see this documentary. Bella Fleck just like knocks it out of the park well, it's on this. One. It's also percussion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah you exactly. You understand that, right? Because that yeah. guitar is can be a percussion instrument. And yeah, absolutely. Have, um, all these instruments where you can pluck your fingers on metal sticks. I don't know how to explain it. Um, what do you? What would you say, Nancy? What is it? They're metal, but like the the we had these um, the kalimba. Kalimbas and stuff like we had, like, yeah. they're like coconut shells, and then you would use your fingers to use it. It's almost like a mini xylophone. And yeah, so, yeah. Like, Actually, that's kalimba that you hear on um, the track "Run Rabbit Run." That's me oh, playing no kalimba. Way. Yeah, and "Run Rabbit Run." Okay, like where did that come from? Tell 
Tell us oh, that came that. from that. That came from. Um, well, the title came from um, "Breathe" by Pink Floyd. Whereas that line there, wow. where the, he sings "Run, Rabbit, Run," you know, oh, wow. and um, but um, the musical piece, it was just an improvisation. There was no you know, thought behind it. It was just an run, improv. Rabbit, I, I want, and, and it goes back to what you were saying about textures. It was just like, I wanted to have a piece that was just those textures with the shakers and the um, kalimba. And that was well, it. I, you are a beautiful surprise in our life. So I'm so <laughs> glad you're on our show and that uh, Billy connected us and Nancy and I are just like, now we're waiting for more. So um, I hope, <laughs> I hope that, uh, I don't know, just, even if it's a one weekend, you know, special theater show, I just hope you do something like that with art and dance and because there's dance involved in painting. Yeah. Nancy yeah. What's, like Nancy's all like, come on. Nancy keeps looking for people to do rock operas. Um, yeah. But, anyway, but I just there's there's something magical about what you're doing. Seriously, it's cool. Well, thank it's you so much. Cool. I'm I'm really glad you uh, feel that way. I'm glad you enjoyed it and appreciate it for sure. Oh, I hope more you. people, you know, have this, you know, similar sensibility and will at least give it uh, a listen. Oh, uh, everyone, you, you can't listen to it once. You need to go back again. <laughs> I listened to it once when I first talked to Billy. Then I was like, Billy, where is it? Where is it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it on Spotify. It's on yeah. Amazon. It's on iTunes, Bandcamp. Um CD baby for the album. So I really think you should do that. Yeah, you, you can you can get the, the C- you can experience. get the CD through uh you can get the CD through Bandcamp as well. Okay. So is um there a specific website or should people just go to these places to get Yeah, just go. I I don't have my own website. So yeah, that Bandcamp is pretty much the best place to go the or the yeah. one that benefits the artists most yeah. as as go far as that goes. Bandcamp.com and there's specific Fridays. <laughs> there's these special Fridays that the artist really actually gets their money. So yeah. um uh, yeah. it's um and do it while it's still happening because they just sold too. So just do I it know. Uh, uh, I know it's scary, man. It's the world is weird, and hopefully one day we do not live in, <laughs> like you know, the monopoly world. You know, like yeah. uh, like I mean, like <laughs> the real. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Marlon. No, thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.